0: Your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. That's the guy just said it. I don't know why I do that. I'm Rick Solem. Tim Grinke is on with me this hour, and uh, Tim, I I texted you yesterday just to be yeah. like, hey, can we can you come on and can we just talk about? You know, it's it's now that voting has started, early in-person voting has started, and there's an amendment question or a a question to change the Constitution of Wisconsin. Maybe we should talk a little bit more. We've talked about it before um, in regards to bail reform, but then, lo and behold, the State Assembly, like, throughout the night and then throughout today has uh, proposed and passed legislation that kind of uh, deals with that, and and it's kind of a whirlwind of, of changes on something that's already on the ballot, which seemed confusing to me.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of confusion, I think, because things are coming fast and furious. But um, yeah, if we want to dive right into it, there's uh, on the ballot, April 4th, uh, there's two proposals to amend the Constitution of Wisconsin, and they're related. Um, basically, the proposal is to allow judges to consider harm to the public when they're considering bail uh, and not just the person's risk to appear in court. And what the legislature is doing is is trying to further define what those amendments might mean, um, further give some definitions to some of the words in the amendment. And so the push is to expand the definition of violent crime so judges have the ability to impose higher cash bail for people who are charged with violent crimes and allow judges to take into account the risk to the public when setting cash bail. So they're trying to Make that definition clear so when people vote on April 4th, they might have a better idea of what the impact will be of the constitutional amendment.
0: Yeah, two questions on the ballot, and they seem pretty, they seem like no-brainers. I've had people go, Do we support this or do not? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> I, and we've talked about it before, and um, I've heard some people say this is kind of. This is like my motto when I was growing up as a kid. My my dad would always say I'm half assing it. If you gave me a chore, I only did like half the chore. I didn't do. I didn't kind of follow through. Is that kind of what the state legislature is doing here? We're just we're we're sort of solving a problem, or do you think we're not solving a problem at all?
1: I think we're not really not solving the problem completely. Uh, It is a half measure because. Ideally, I think I've talked before on this program that what we should be doing is getting rid of cash as a bail condition entirely, because you shouldn't be in jail or not based on how much money you have. It should be based on your risk, your history, your charges, and things like that, not just how much money you can post. What this does is it it doesn't get rid of that system, so we've still got this kind of archaic idea. What this does do is maybe make it a little bit clearer when judges are setting a high-cash bond. They really are considering the risk of the public. They might say that this person is a risk to not appear, but I think what most judges do is really consider dangerousness, even if it's not said out loud. The fear is that in La Crosse, I don't know if this would happen, but in some counties, the fear is that some judges might really impose high cash bonds because they consider the person dangerous to the public. Um, now, if that's true, that's great, but if the judges are wrong, once again, we're making people post money to get out, and rich people could post and poor people can't. So it kind of addresses one area of the problem, but in my view, we should really be looking at getting the entire system gone so we can start over with a more fair system to everybody and not looking at money.
0: Okay, how, maybe, well, we we only have a couple of minutes before we go to the first break, so maybe we don't deep, deep dive into that, but um, is this, do judges, do you think judges in general, have you talked to judges? Is, has anyone in the state legislature talked to you just about, you know, hey, what do you think of this?
1: Um, well, our local representatives have talked to me about what I think about this, um, but nobody either from the, the people that are proposing this, I think... The idea comes from when you see people who are charged with something violent and people are released on bond or they post a bond and they do something worse. This is all coming from uh, Daryl Brooks, who down in Waukesha drove those people over in that parade. He was released on bond and then did something worse. I think people feel like if we had the option of holding more people, that would be eliminated. Um, my fear is that it's not really... That related, it's kind of apples and oranges. I think there's still going to be people who do dangerous things, who have money, who will post the bond, and there's still people that will be held in jail out of a fear of dangerousness when really they're not that dangerous and they just can't post a lot of money. So the referendum questions, as they are in our system, all right, okay, and they're not going to change it with lacrosse that much. But I think overall, it's we're kind of just trying to tinker in a broken system instead of fixing the system and this this might not change what people
0: want to change 608-785-7914 if you got questions shoot me a text to, to lacrosse county district attorney tim grinky well I, I i don't know this is kind of a grenade out there but um the the criminal justice management council last week put out i think you you put out a study or that a study that was conducted uh lacrosse county racial equity project identify intercept and target populations experiencing disparity um so, in re- and we can dive into that as well, but in regards to, like, judges determining, you know, how, to, how high to set a bail, um, they might just look at skin color and go, oh, dangerous, right? Like, that's part, that could be part of the equation or not at all?
1: Well, that's part of the fear, that some people feel that judges around the state might just view certain populations more dangerous, even though they really aren't, and also view people dangerous that um, just don't have money to post when people who are very dangerous... Have millions of dollars and can post money. So it's it's not a perfect way to establish risk is to putting some sort of dollar amount on it. Yeah. It's I just, pretty arbitrary. It doesn't really mean anything about risk. It's got more to do with how much money you have, which is always tough. Well, so I, I yeah, the, I don't. The I fear don't, is that people who are poor or populations that don't have as much money will be held more than the rich population.
0: Yeah, I don't understand how a judge can look at somebody and, and assess, yeah, you look like you got a lot of money. So I don't know. We'll we'll get we'll get, we'll get to it in a minute. Uh, Brad's got to do the news. We'll be back with uh, DA Tim Grinke. All right, welcome back to La Lacrosse Talk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the text line. If you want to shoot me a text, I'll read those at the bottom half of the hour, and we'll we'll get to them that, at that time. So you have a couple of minutes. Lacrosse County District Attorney Tim Grinke in on with me. He's not in studio. Um, we're talking about the the bail. What do you want to? What, what, what bail reform questions that are on the ballot, Tim? Is that the best way to to burn? Sure. um yeah, And so. these questions, uh, they're a little bit of a word salad, like we've said in the past. And they're also, if you if you think about them, and I think a lot of people will just be in the voting booth, being like, uh, uh. Um, but the the question number one, there's two of them. First of all, first of all, conditions of release mm-hmm. before conviction shall Section Eight Two of Article One of the Constitution be amended to allow a court to impose on an accused person being released before conviction conditions that are designed to protect the community from serious harm. So that last phrase right there, designed to protect the community. Yes, of course. Why wouldn't we do the thing that protects community from serious harm? Um, I don't know. When you when you see that question, I don't know if it, it, me reading it to you, you probably, you probably have to have it in front of you. Maybe you have it memorized by now. But what do you think yeah. of that question in terms of, what it says, and what we're actually trying to do to, to change the Constitution?
1: I think most people are going to read that and just say, you know, gee, wow, that's aren't we already doing that? Isn't that already kind of what we do in bond? And the problem is, the way the Constitution reads now, the judges are really only supposed to consider appearance in court for setting bond. Um, both these questions are designed to change that so judges, when they're considering conditions or considering amounts to also consider um, the dangerousness to the community. Now, I think sometimes judges do that anyways, but the law is written in a way that they're only supposed to consider showing up for court. So if you want the judges to also consider dangerousness, you're going to vote yes for these questions. I think most people will say it seems obvious. Um, The problem is we're still operating on cash related to dangerousness, which is hard to compare. Does, so uh, it's, that's, that's the opponent's view would be this doesn't really do anything except just kind of further entrench us into a system that's already not doing very well.
0: Does question one, is it just should, should Wisconsin's constitution do the thing that Wisconsin's constitution is already kind of doing? <laughs> is that
1: kind of... No, actually, the constitution doesn't allow judges to consider harm in okay. setting bonds. So this would allow judges to do that. I just think in practice, most judges probably already doing this, but this makes it clear so that the judges can consider that openly as a a factor.
0: So the first question is not not that bad, right? Like, yes, of course.
1: I think most people would say both questions are exactly, that's what bond should be and should have been all along.
0: Okay, well, I'm, I'm doing them one at a time, Tim. Come on. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm trying to smooth things along, Rick.
0: No, no, we got to read the questions because people would be like, what? Um, yeah, if you read this one enough, you go, yeah, uh, why wouldn't we do that? And uh, yep. So, okay, question two in the first part is always, somebody told me to read the question backwards or start at the end, and, and, and they mm-hmm. do, it does kind of make sense because the first couple of words, cash bail before conviction, period. Uh, shall Section Eight Two of the Article uh, Article One of the Constitution be amended to allow a court? Okay, to allow a court to impose cash bail on a person accused of a violent crime based on the totality of the circumstances, including the accused accused's previous conviction for a violent crime, the probability that the accused will fail to appear, and the need to protect the community from serious harm. We got to throw that one in there: protect the community from serious harm because trigger words. Um, and prevent witness intimidation and potential affirmative defenses. Okay, seems yep. like also a no-brainer. Are yeah, the
1: questions most even people different? Yeah, would say that's what we're supposed to be doing now, but actually the only factor that judges are considering now is the probability they will up- fail to appear in court. Okay. This expands that to include other factors like their previous convictions, the need to protect the community, prevent intimidation, which, again, I think most people would assume they're already doing that, but this makes it clear that judges should consider all those things, but it only applies to violent crimes, which is still left to be defined by the legislature, and that's what they were working on today, was trying to put a list together of what is a violent crime. So,
0: Yeah, this is the other thing. The, the Wisconsin legislature literally is trying to decide what is a violent crime. We're in, We're passing legislation today on a thing that's already on the ballot. People could have voted on this yesterday, without knowing what the legislature has decided a violent crime is, and it's just kind of a big, like, uh, I don't know, it's very broad. The que- The question is so broad, and we're still trying to define it. So, um, I don't yeah. know, could there be lawsuits here being like, hey, the legislature didn't even know what they were putting on the ballot before they tried to define the thing that they're putting on the ballot?
1: Well, I'll say there can always be lawsuits, because that seems to be the way we do things these days, is somebody files a suit, but the term violent crime has other definitions in the statute, so I think they're okay. Um, there are other areas where, uh, for example, repeater statutes and uh, possessing weapons, possessing certain items, only people not convicted of violent crime can do that. So, violent crime already has a meaning in the statutes. They're trying to address whether that should be expanded or not. You know, and then this would then apply to all those crimes that the legislature deems a violent crime. Um, should the
0: should the state should the population be voting on something like this or should this something be I guess we got to change the Constitution to do it but it, yeah. would it be better to just get all the judges opinions on this because it puts a lot of onus on on their their ability to assess something in, in which they have only a, a certain amount of information based on you know the person
1: that they're they're seeing in court hearings Yeah, it's always been odd that the Wisconsin Constitution has this specific language about bond, because the federal constitution, as you probably know, the Eighth Amendment just talks about you should not set excessive bail, and that's it. The Wisconsin Constitution has this very specific uh, amendment about bond, so anytime you want to make changes, unfortunately, the legislature can't just do it. We've got to amend the Constitution, so that's why this is happening. And then there is, you raise the problem of legislators trying to figure out what people should be doing. And really the judges should maybe have a say and maybe some other parties involved as well what's actually happening and what would actually work because um, sometimes the legislators are operating in a different scale than the local judges are
0: um I, I know we talked off the air during the break that this this won't this won't affect lacrosse County all that much is that true
1: well my prediction is it won't I, I think our judges here are still going to follow what we like to consider risk-based bail. Uh, I think most of our judges understand that imposing cash is uh, not the best way to do it, and it it only harms people who don't have money and harms poor people more than rich people. So we've been working for a long time to try to be better, and I don't know that any judges here are going to suddenly change course tomorrow and start doing things different if this passes. But this is a prediction. I could be wrong. Um, I think around the state, though, there are definitely some judges that will change and will start doing things differently. I just feel like it's only prediction, but I think in Lacrosse County, our judges already try to consider risk instead of money as the means of posting bond. And I think they're going to continue to do that instead of relying on cash.
0: Well, and that's what the these two questions on the ballot will change, right? So then the judges will be doing the thing that they're already kind of doing?
1: I think in La Crosse, mostly yes. And again, I I could be wrong, but I think yes in La Crosse. I know you other don't. places might be different, but I, I do think in La Crosse, they've already kind of been approaching this problem um, with a little bit eye towards who's really dangerous, Who? what other programs can we have like electronic monitoring, drug testing, alcohol testing, instead of just jail or not jail. I think we've all been trying to move forward away from just cash or no cash.
0: A lot of people say this stems from the. I think we even talked about it a little bit before the Daryl Brooks Walkshaw Parade massacre. But we passed this uh, before that happened too, right? Because it's got to pass the state legislature twice before it goes to the ballot, right? So we've we've been working yeah. on this for a couple of years.
1: Yeah, right. And I think um, there's always cases that, uh, unfortunately, are the ones that make the news are the bad ones where somebody's on a bond and do something violent after they're already on a bond. I think people are thinking if we had this, some of those could have been avoided. And I guess time will tell. We'll, we'll see if you know crime rates go up or down or if violent crime goes up or down based on this. Um, I think the fear is from people who are opposing this, I don't know that they're, they're opposing the idea that we should protect the community. I think they're opposing the idea that we should, should just use that as a mechanism for imposing cash. Because again, if you have money, you can still get out, and if you don't. You don't, and that seems to be the unfair part that I think the opponents are trying to get at.
0: Should we? Should we start doing as a news organization here at Wizm? We we start bugging your office every day. Hey, Tim, what uh, what what people like went through the court system here? Uh, they got their their signature bond and came back, and then they were, you know, like you just do the boring stories. Like how many of those would there be a day? Um, it would be weird because you know those people would either be innocent. Maybe they'd be innocent, and you shouldn't use their names because they're innocent, or uh, what they did was so you know petty that it would be kind of like I don't know. You're getting too personal with something that they they did wrong. But um, I don't know. Should we start writing the boring stories in this regard?
1: Well, I guess far be it for me to tell you how to do your job, <laughs> but I think there is a little bit of a. Uh, problem with how people read the news and what news they pay attention to where if things go right there's really no story so you don't see the stories where people show up to court because that's boring that's what they're supposed to do so when people successfully complete probation when the system works the way it's supposed to and things go fine there's really no story unfortunately the things that make this the news are when something goes really bad and while it's true and it's fair reporting it's also maybe is out of context and doesn't get the full picture um so if one case goes bad out of ten do you change a system or do you just say well one out of ten is you know not perfect but it's not a fault of the system either that's a hard one to say i i mean that's nice if that's, be more context news stories but i know it's hard to do
0: i mean that's everything in the world too right like a train derails in ohio and it sends up a giant poof of smoke and ruins the uh ecology around everything there the the environment around there and then uh you know, fifty trains go through lacrosse without a hitch. Do we write about those then? You know, so it doesn't that you could you could right. do it for anything. Uh, you know, the highway was just fine uh all week. Nobody got in a car accident, but there was a huge, awful accident this weekend. So um all right, yep. we gotta take another break. We'll continue with lacrosse county district attorney Tim Grinken when we come back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six oh eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the text line if you wanna get in here. La Crosse County District Attorney Tim Grinke is hanging out with us this hour. As I do, I, I bug him. Whoa, hold tight, Tim. Sorry. I'll play that commercial later. <laughs> uh, switch my talk breaks. Um, all right, so uh, we bug him about once a month to try to just come on and, and talk about some of this stuff. And it's important this, I guess, the, over the next couple of weeks, because this is literally some of the stuff is on the ballot. You're going to be voting on this. So there's two questions on the ballot if you haven't heard uh, they both have to do with bail reform, um, and if Tim had his way, we would take the cash aspect out of bail and give the judges the decision to assess a person how. How would they? If we got rid of cash bail, then a judge would look at a, a person in court and determine whether or not, like a pass fail, so to speak, pass fail or get out of jail or don't get out of jail. We play a Monopoly here.
1: Uh, more of like a overall. Risk assessment, which we do here in La Crosse, we give the judges an assessment that says, "Here's their risk to not appear, here's the risk to reoffend while they're on bond," and the judges will decide from that. Uh, we, you know, we already do it in La Crosse in the juvenile system, which a lot of people might not know. But in the juvenile system, if a juvenile is very dangerous or a high risk of running away, the judge can say, "You're being held in secure custody until we're done," or "You're going home in home detention," or "You can be on an electronic bracelet." So it's not that weird of a concept in the adult system. I think. We should be doing the same. This person is very dangerous. This person's not from around here. has an incentive to flee. has missed court in the past. We hold them in jail. This person, you know, has local ties. Doesn't seem to be dangerous. They get out. Person in the middle, maybe we can say you get out on home detention, ankle bracelet, testing, and the judge will just look at your risk. Are you not going to appear, or are you going to be dangerous? Instead of what we do now, which is Kind of like uh, for the people out there that grew up Catholic, you went to confession and the judge said, say, ten Hail Marys and two Our Fathers. It just seemed kind of random to me when I was doing it. And this feels the same way. The judge says, well, this is worth $500. This is worth a 1000 This case is worth 2000 There's really no connection between the amount and the risk. It's It seems arbitrary and sometimes is, again, unfair to people who just don't have money.
0: Yeah, how the hell does a judge know how much money a person has? A, some of these people are drug dealers, right? So they probably just have like a, mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to go to the movies, like a, a, a sack of cash in their trunk or something <laughs> like that. And then other people, what, you, you figure out what they do for a living? Hey, what are you, like, are you in court? Like, yeah. hey, what do you do for a living? What's your salary? So we can determine how much money you make, so I can determine how much money to charge you to not flee your court hearing coming up.
1: And, and yeah, and you identified the problem with that system. It's hard to know. It's hard to determine. It's somewhat arbitrary. The information's not great. How much money people have is complicated. How much do they earn? How much debt do they have? How much do they have in savings? We can't dig into each person's finances that deep at a bond hearing. So it's a very basic, you know, what do people think that they can afford? What amount of money would make them show up? And there's no research that says there is any special amount that would make people show up versus make them take off. So it's just a very arbitrary and uh, unfair system that we have. And these bond amendments, while they seem to make sense, I don't really have a problem with the wording of them directly. It's overall in a system that isn't working. So I think we need to move towards just getting rid of cash as the way to get out and look at risk, dangerousness, things like that.
0: a uh, question here from Adam. Hey, bantering chicken Rick, why are you against constitutional equality why are all the demo rats against equal application of the law? Aren't we literally changing the constitution? So that's what we're doing. We're literally changing the constitution. Um, yeah. All right. So in this, again, this puts a lot of onus on the judges. Every judge is different. You seem to think that the judges in town here are, are doing a pretty good job. Every once in a while, will someone will blow hard about a, a person that you know uh, was released on bond or were released on. Um, Parole, not parole, uh, signature bond or bond, right? Mm-hmm. Or bail. That's the word I was looking for. And then they d- they go and do a thing, and then they're back in jail like the next day. And that makes the news. But we don't cover the ones that don't make the news, which is like 99% of the time.
1: Yeah. Most most people by far are in court voluntarily and come back to court voluntarily. And that's the rule. That's Most people are that way. Judges like to give people a chance to you know, show whether they're going to appear or not, because, again, most people do. And sometimes there's reasons why they don't appear, transportation issues, child care issues, you know, things like that. Um, So the judges, I think, let's start from an assumption that our judges don't want to see people get hurt. And so when it happens, it's not because they didn't care or they're just not very smart. Uh, There's going to be a system where you've got thousands of people coming in. Not all of them will be abiding by the rules, And we do our best to put in safeguards to catch them when they don't. And our judges try to do the best they can within the system that they have. But I would say, even if sometimes I disagree with the judges, it's not because I think that they don't care or just don't get it or are, you know, dumb. It's because people make mistakes, and sometimes your predictions don't come true.
0: All right, we got to move on, because the Criminal Justice Management Council, uh, last Wednesday, I was on vacation, so I just printed this off. I haven't really deep-dived into it yet, but... Uh, you guys meet once a month. Uh, La Crosse County, this is a La Crosse County committee. Um, the report is called, I don't know if you want to call it a report or a study or what, but it's called La Crosse County Racial Equity Project Identify, Intercept, and Target Population Experiencing Disparity. Now, there's no commas in there or anything, so identify, uh-huh. intercept. So I don't know if there's, maybe there's some mispunctuation there, but um, this is a study th- basically looking at racial disparities among what?
1: Uh, So, the Center for Effective Public Policy looked at some of our statistics and wrote a report where they really just gave us back some of the analysis that they did. They didn't do a deep dive into the reasons behind it or, you know, no judgments about it, just said, here's the numbers, and we certainly have to look closer at these numbers as we go forward. Uh, So, some of the numbers that jumped out were the disparity between black people being arrested for crimes and white people being arrested for crimes. For example, in 2018, Uh, black people accounted for 20% of the arrests in town but they only make up 1.3% of the population according to the census in 2021 the number was different they accounted for 16% of the arrests and are only 1.7% of the population so slight silver lining it went down from 20% to 16% but still hardly a number you can be proud of that there are a number of cases where the statistics found that black people were arrested more often, charged more often, and jailed more often than the census would seem to suggest. Um, For every, uh, let's see, 22 black people were referred to court for every 1,000 drug arrests compared with 14 of their white counterparts. So numbers like that just jump out and say there's definitely a disparity. Now the question is why, and I'm not going to give any theories because I don't, know the answers, I have ideas, but we're going to dig deeper as a county, and we're going to have some people trying to figure out what these numbers mean, what exactly is going on, what are some of the factors that are taken into account when you reach decision points uh, at arrest, at prosecution, at sentencing, and try to figure out what's going on. The numbers were equally bad when you look at the number of people getting into drug court, the number of people that are put on pretrial programming, um, in other words, there's a disparity where it's uh, more black people are being put in the system and being treated worse than their white counterparts. Lacrosse isn't alone. This is a problem, I think, all over, but this is specifically to our numbers and tells us that we need to start figuring out, you know, what is going on, what can we do about it, where are the decision points being made, and uh, what's behind it. And those were the recommendations that they gave us was try to develop strategies and look at where the barriers are, identify what the problems are, areas are. And so that's going to be the next step.
0: Yeah. And the, this wasn't just black and white. There's also Asian numbers in this, in, this uh, in these reports or these, this data and you know, where where 2021, it said, you know, per the, the arrest rate per 100,000 people, white people, it was four per 100,000 black people. It was 43 per 100,000 and Asians. It was three per one hundred thousand. So between white and Asian it was pretty pretty much the same and then although that's that's kind of off too, right? Because the Asian population is way less than the white population.
1: Yeah. Well but higher than the black population. So yeah. Um the numbers when you compare whites to Asians is is better in terms of disparity. Um certainly when compared between white and black. Um but yes, uh, they they also analyzed a number of other categories that I I wasn't going into. But the the highlight was a disparity between white and black. But they also compared white to Asian. Um, oh. oh, I got it there wrong. Were enough other populations to really make a statistical difference.
0: I guess I did get it wrong because it's per one hundred thousand, so that's the average. So if Asians is three and whites is two, it's it's pretty close. So that's that's yes. that's about on par. And for some reason, black people, it's forty three, which is crazy. Um, we we've talked about this in the past. I, I bring this up, you know, every once in a while. To, in 2018, you guys, the the county, I believe, did a study and it showed these same disparities. How does that study that you guys did in 2018 compare to what you received from the Center for Effective Pol- Public Policy?
1: Um, well, again, the the numbers are better in 2021 than they were in 2018. Better in terms of less disparity. Um but now I before we, you know, congratulate ourselves or feel good about that, there's a lot of variables at play, the biggest one being COVID, which I don't think we still know yet what that did to our numbers. You know, everything was weird and different. Oh um, I was I was thinking so there's a lot of things we need to figure out, you know, what what made the difference, if there is a difference. Are we doing things right? Are we doing things better? Is it just a coincidence? So I don't think the numbers really mean anything yet without digging into it other than there's something that we should be looking at.
0: I was just wondering about the study itself, the one that you did in 2018 when we talk about a deep dive. That, was that more of a deep dive than what you received here last Wednesday?
1: You know, I'm, I, that's been a while, so it's, <laughs> I don't want to speak too much to it, but okay. I think it was, but I think the numbers that they're using are the same. I think okay. they, they took the numbers from that report.
0: Okay. So over the next, what, we're now the, the, the community, what is it called now? I just forgot the name of the the criminal justice, criminal justice Man's, yeah, yes, that, uh, you guys, w- when you meet again next month, you start kind of developing how to kind of dig into these numbers a little bit more and, and see where, and, and then the, yeah, you're right. The COVID thing's going to be very confusing. You almost want to throw that out. You almost want to throw that whole year or whatever out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we certainly, those are the numbers we have, unfortunately, you know, we can't like, Just ignore numbers, but is that a difference, or is it not? Is a little more above my pay grade. Someone better with statistics will have to take a look at that. Um, And this—it's an ongoing issue. I mean, we've been looking at numbers like this for a long time, and I think we'll continue for a long time. It's a big thing to try to figure out how much impact does race have on our system. We know it has an impact, but figuring out how, and then figuring out how to fix it, is a much bigger, deeper problem that involves more than just people in the system. And so I think we'll continue to try to work at that, try to work with our community partners that try to get better at that. Um, but as far as, you know, I don't have the magic bullet. I don't have the cure. If I did, I'd probably win the Peace Prize. Because um, every county's working on this. Every yeah. county's got this problem. Well, I, I think the state has this problem.
0: I remember speaking with uh, the city police chief, Lacrosse's police chief, uh, Sean Coudron, about this and and for one thing, you could you, the easy thing to, to to say would be like, oh, please just look for black people to arrest them more, and 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 whether that's true or not, I don't know. But the the thing that he brought up was they have to they have to respond to all the calls. So when you, you see these a lot on social media, the the quote unquote Karens the Karens will call because a black person is mm-hmm. grilling out in a park or something like that. But police yeah. will get more calls because a black person is doing a thing that makes them uncomfortable. So they have to respond to those calls. So there's just more calls for that than there are like a white guy is hanging out outside my house and it makes me nervous. People don't do that as often as if a black guy was out there. Um, and, and so they have to respond. So there's just like the, the amount of calls in that regard kind of uh, that doesn't help the numbers when it comes to police, you know, responding because they have to respond.
1: Right. That's why it gets complicated. There's certainly policing, but then it's also the community calling police, um, there's also are schools a factor. Um, are is the black community in a different, you know, group in terms of income or, you know, the areas that they live in or policing or just what is it? And you identified one that is certainly something that might drive numbers. And once you start diving in, you'll you'll quickly learn there's so many variables to consider. It's hard to come up with ideas without really looking. Um, but that's that's one factor. How many people are calling the police, black versus white versus Asian? How many traffic stops are there? How many probation warrants are there? How many people from out of town are there? You know, it's just all those things come into it, and you have to really start picking it apart. It's complicated.
0: All right. So the uh, last thing before I let you go, just a couple minutes here, uh, and and if the, these are if it's too quick to like like whirlwind on this stuff but the Wisconsin some assembly approved the uh let's see here I got to get my story straight parole commission bill is that do you do you under, have you looked into this one yet
1: it it's not a complicated one it just says the parole commission which is really going out of date because this only applies to crimes before 2000 so there are less and less people on parole but when the parole commission grants parole to somebody they have to be public about their decision and be transparent so not that complicated and probably a good idea,
0: right? And there's we could count the number of people that are in jail right now up for parole because, it'd be, like you said, we we killed the system in 2000. Right? There's probably like a couple, what, a hundred or less.
1: Uh, I don't know the number, but it's certainly dwindling because we're talking about people that were sentenced before 2000 to serious crimes, and as time goes on, that number will go down and down. So yeah, they had
0: to have been in jail or in prison for 23 years, right?
1: Right So people may be in there for murder or something similar at this point it's it's gonna be smaller and smaller numbers every year. So
0: it's a weird conundrum because these are very serious criminals, and we should probably look and and, and, and look, deep dive into you know why or whether they get parole. and then also the there's only going to be a it's a, a, a lot of time to spend on something that you know a is important B is dwindling. right. Um, Wisconsin Assembly approves tougher felony riot penalties. I don't know if you've seen this one yet. We
1: did yeah, a lot of stuff uh, today. Yeah, that one's a little complicated because it's in response to the riots that happened after George Floyd in 2020, both in Madison and Kenosha was the most famous one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's vague because it's hard to know, you know, how you define a riot. And they try to define it by three or more people, where there's some act of violence or criminal damage to property, which eh, may or may not be what we call a riot. Um, it's also hard to know who is actually participating. In other words, you're in a group of a thousand people walking down State Street. One guy decides to break a window, you're at the other end of the march, are you participating in that riot, or are you just now there? It's hard to know. So a good idea, maybe, but hard to enforce and hard to really pin down what is a riot and what is participating, but they're trying to address those incidents that happened like in Kenosha or Madison.
0: Yeah, trying to address or also trying to scare people from protesting a little bit, if you want Uh, to go Rick's route. Yeah,
1: that's that The other view, which is it it allows police to crack down on protesters that they consider rioting, which there's probably going to be, be a debate and maybe a lawsuit about, I'm exercising my free speech, I'm not rioting. It's messy. That's not a, not a clear law, in my opinion.
0: And the last one, just real quick. Uh, Wisconsin moves to toughen reckless driving penalties. Essentially a problem that's happening in Milwaukee is going to affect this side of the state as well.
1: Yeah, Milwaukee, if you watch the news there, has a huge problem with, mostly teenagers stealing cars and then driving very recklessly, a lot of crashes, a lot of innocent people getting hurt. I think this is an attempt to try to curb that problem. We don't have that problem as much here in lacrosse, and really what it does is increase the possible penalties. Um, We may have a case or two that will be impacted by that, but overall, I don't know that we've got the problem that, I know we don't have the problem that Milwaukee has.
0: Yeah, and I don't understand if this solves the problem because anyone that's doing the thing where they steal a car and then end up crashing it—I don't think they go, "Whoa, well, they increased the penalties for this. I better not do it." So does the again, we're throwing yeah. money, we're throwing money into a mix that maybe is more of an existential problem in you know in terms of society. But anyway, Tim, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, man. No problem.